0: Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. In this episode, I have a very special guest with me today. I have a very good friend. His name is Kevin Crenshaw. He is the heart guy, founder of the Heart Gang. And Kevin is an expert in matters of the heart in operating a life from your heart rather than simply coming from your head from a total cognitive standpoint. Kevin, thank you so much for being here on the Zen Stoic Path. It's amazing to have you, man. We've been talking about this for years now.
1: Literally years. Yeah. (laughs) It's happening right now.
0: This is it, man. This is it. So I know you used to be huge into fitness, which is actually, I think when you and I originally originally started talking.
1: That's all that I did.
0: Yeah, that's all that you did, man. Like when we originally met and I remember I bought one of your programs, it's called fire and it it is fire for those of you (laughs) out there who uh, need a new workout or something. But what made you go from fitness
1: into focusing on the heart and living a life true to your heart? Fitness was my... Uh, springboard into a new me. I think it is for a lot of people. You're looking to change your life. You, you hit the gym. And for me, I was too shy to go to the gym. So I started P90X at home yes. and got tons <laughs> of results there. Uh, the first time, fun fact, that I actually stepped into a gym was for my audition to be a group fitness instructor. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> for years, I worked out at home and then got a certification because I loved the program and I mm. loved fitness. And then, yeah. And then I I was like, Oh, I need to do something with this. And then I found myself at an audition, like, Oh, this is actually happening. You went from totally shy to like, Oh, now I'm going to be the one that everyone is looking at. Exactly. And that was (laughs) diving into the water and learning how to swim Beautiful (laughs) in the deep end. But yeah, man, for me, fitness was uh, a huge aspect of me, of my personal evolution. Mm -hmm. And even though I was a personal trainer, a group fitness instructor, an online trainer, like I did physique shows, all the things, I never read books about nutrition or fitness. Mm-hmm. I, it wasn't an area of study for me. It right. was really like a passion and I, knowing what I know now about myself I, I and moving crowds and being in a group of people, that's why I was such a good group fitness instructor. There was a wait list to get on my wait list. And I remember a, you telling me that. Not a joke, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so... That was really where I, I thrived. And I was always reading books about love and relationships. Even and when you were doing fitness. Exactly. Yes. And because of my own heartbreak and heartache in mm-hmm. that area of my life, I was like, okay, well, there's something here that I don't know. I want to learn more about it. So I was learning about masculine and feminine energy dynamics, mm-hmm. um, human psychology. That's how I, you know, fell into personal development in a way. Yes. And my coworkers knew that. And a colleague of mine was having trouble in his marriage and asked me out to dinner one night to mm-hmm. just have a conversation. And through that conversation about a month later, he came back and was like, dude, I just want to say thank you so much. Like you saved things for me. And I was like, wow. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm good at this. are like, okay, what did I just I know something. do? <laughs> I know something. Yes. And it took me a while to really um, sell myself on the fact that I could be a relationship coach or talk about love having not yet mastered a relationship myself yes i felt out of integrity there now i dove into i left the gym because Mm -hmm. i got an inheritance when my grandfather passed away and it woke me up to i don't have to be in the same four walls doing the same thing because i was hustling and struggling financially and i was like i can can do whatever i want right now i don't want to do this Mm -hmm. and so that was the first time in my life i left to be nomadic Mm -hmm. and i went from manic control over my life i was controlling my nutrition my time My workouts, when I slept, when I ate, when I talked to whoever, everything was on my calendar. Yes. To I was teaching three to four classes a day on top of clients, on top of my online business, on top of meal prepping, meal planning, and my own workouts, going to school full-time, and I had a girlfriend. Like You you had quite a packed schedule. I had (laughs) a packed schedule. So it was just control, really. It was masked and control and to uh, diving into the unknown of, Mm. I don't know where I'm going to live tomorrow. And just be nomadic and just travel and book a one way flight, and just let go of that. Yeah. From a spiritual perspective, it was definitely, um, an important season. Yes. It's, and in that I wasn't working, I was just enjoying myself because I didn't just adventuring. really have, a, I didn't have a period mm. of that. So I was, it was exploring me, mm-hmm. I was finding myself. And in that time I started learning Reiki and pranic healing and dove into the more of the spiritual stuff. And you could say that was the start of my spiritual awakening in a way. And I had this tagline in fitness Mm -hmm. that was put some heart into it. And people started making t-shirts, like groupies (laughs) as I would call them. say put some heart into it. I made t-shirts that put some heart into it as a part of the brand. Yes. And there was like some correlation and connection there. And I forgot who, seriously to this day, I forgot who said it, but somebody was like, oh, so you're the heart guy. And I was like, that sounds really good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to use that. that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, let's do that. When I started needing money and to work again, I was like, okay, what do I want to do mm-hmm. so I was dancing around the idea of being a relationship coach? So I came out as the heart guy and I launched that brand and it took me a while to really understand what that meant and to fully embody it. If I'm being completely honest, but mm-hmm. I'm super grateful for this path and for where I'm at right now, because it went from relationship coaching to being a dating coach. And I'm like, I'm not a fucking pickup artist. And then yeah. all this other stuff <laughs> to go. To I'm not going to the, teach these weird tactics to, yeah, <laughs> to go to the route of, Where I'm at now, which is more working with emotional and relational traumas, Mm -hmm. healing your heart, opening your heart, expanding your beingness or your and like you mentioned earlier, like living life from your heart and not just understanding that cognitively, but embodying it. Yes. I and mean, the cool part about the season of my life that I'm in right now is I'm, I'm weaving together some of that fitness stuff again, back into my work. And you're bring, in the beginning bring, stages of that. That's right. So yeah, um, bringing back the roots. Yeah. Kevin and I go. just had a badass workout
0: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling sore in my lats. It was uh, all push-ups and pull-ups, which is just such Fun. a classic little mix of, <laughs> of workouts. <laughs> and,
1: I'm, and I'm doing embodiment from movement, from breath, mm-hmm. looking at polyvagal theory, and the nervous system using music and sound to also change the vibrations and frequencies of your being so i went from this like metacognitive understanding of things Mm -hmm. uh, and and psychologically getting it to embodying it and that part of my journey happened when i broke down my third time being suicidal and i was psychotic for a month that experience was what stopped me Mm. it was like kevin pay attention and that was like, there's something here that I'm missing, and it was the embodiment piece. I knew a lot of things, but my body was still operating in a trauma response, yes. or it was still operating out of anxiety or fear or people pleasing, and all of those things are trauma response. Very in right. your head, yeah. Ooh. Despite
0: well, yeah, the, the connection was very in your head versus being in your
1: body. It's an it's an integration into embodiment, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm what I'm doing now, and I, I even. Before I knew what the heck that even meant, I was doing it. Yes. (laughs) And now I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, So I can be a little bit more effective in it. But anyway, that's a long-winded answer to your question.
0: Well, thank you, man. There's a ton to unpack there. And this idea of living from your heart, I think, is really cool, especially the way that you came to understand it. Not Again, not just from a cognitive perspective, but from an embodiment perspective. And one, one of the reasons why I always saw the, the marrying of Zen and Stoicism is because Stoicism is highly based on logic and reasoning, which is very mm-hmm. much in your head, whereas Zen is being very present with the direct experience of whatever's happening right now, which includes your body, includes the sensations that are going on. Mm-hmm. And if you disconnect those, you don't quite get the full picture. You actually get more of an abstraction. So what does it mean for a person listening to this? who has heard all the personal development they've you know read philosophy they've read the self help what does it mean for them to take that and begin living through their heart rather than just knowing what they should do
1: how much do you care hmm. your level of open-heartedness is related to your capacity to care and i think a lot of people think that having a big heart is a burden or that they, they care so much and that's why they're suffering.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not caring about the fuller spectrum. If you're suffering, you're missing an aspect of care or you're missing a, a entity almost mm-hmm. of something to care about. And for most people that I work with, that's themselves. They care so much about other people.
2: Yes, they, they're they not put it all outside. About themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: So it's how do you care even more? How can you still care about that other person and also care about yourself? And so it's in caring even more that you actually ascend, quote unquote, in your spiritual development. That's what being a Bodhisattva and a Mm. lot of of philosophies talk about with even enlightenment or other things. It's coming at a place of caring, presence, meaning you're fully here right now. You're not thinking about the past or the future. You're Mm -hmm. in the present experience and you're detached Yes, outcomes. You're fully trusting in things. You're not co- trying to manipulate or control. You're just simply looking to love unconditionally, mm-hmm. and that means without conditions. and, and That's right. people say, "Oh, I'm going to show love. I love you unconditionally as long as you love me back." And <laughs> wait, uh, you just snuck in a condition. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think that they. they and I, and this is my own personal experience. When you're in it, it's hard to see it. So you, for me at least, my past was I'm going to love you so much because I don't want you to leave me. Mm. And for other people, it can be like I want. I love you so much because I want to almost keep you around. I want to control yes. that. I want to control your affection for me. Mm-hmm. Or you don't like me, so I'm going to love you to so you can like me. Yes, because they don't like themselves. And um, I love you. Mm-hmm. Period. No matter what. And I think that really sitting with that and Mm -hmm. having that level of self or of love of others is based on the levels of depth that you've met yourself at. We can't love another person as long as the capacity to which we only loved ourselves. Mm -hmm. So take out the self love stuff for a second. Mm -hmm. I'm able to care more for other people because I've been psychotic because I've been suicidal because I've had my heart broken because Mm -hmm. I've been homeless on the street begging for money and food, right? Like I've been in those spots. And so I understand because of that, I cognitively un- and physically understand suffering, understand mm-hmm. the urges that you want to control or the the trauma responses. I understand what it's like to be there and I've gotten myself out of it. Mm-hmm. So I know what not to do. Yes. I know what to do because I know what not to do. And that is a huge part of my mission is I, I see where people are at and you're blind to your, what you're blind to. You can't see it. And I can because I've been out of it and I've met myself there. And so many people, and myself included, was in those lower quote-unquote spots mm-hmm. in my life. I was trying so desperately to get out of it, and that's why it made it worse. Yes. Versus you're resisting what was, which was mm-hmm. the uncomfortable emotions. And when I, was act- when I actually allowed myself to sit in those uncomfortable emotions is when I realized the heaven that was all around me that I was neglecting and I was looking at only the things that I didn't have instead of what I did mm. and it, it's elementary but as Bruce Lee puts it if you're the guy who knows the same punch a thousand times mm-hmm. or something along the uh, lines Yeah, that,
0: not the guy that knows 10,000 kicks mm-hmm. but the guy who's practiced one kick 10,000 times that one <laughs>
1: gratitude <laughs> yes. is, is that one kick that's the one kick and it's elementary and it often goes over look or appreciation mm. for what is and no matter what's going on,
0: that's a it's a really beautiful way of putting it. And it, it's interesting because it reminds me of when you and I were talking about the Zen Stoic intentions and delusions. Mm-hmm. It's like when you were coming from the delusion of control of trying to control elements which were not in your control, mm-hmm. or when you were trying to perform and make people think a certain thing of you versus be who you are sincerely. It's these are the things that kept you into those darker places. Yeah. And one thing that you, know, you and I were talking about this off air talked about this multiple times is how it's not really that there are positive and negative emotions but pleasant and unpleasant Mm -hmm. and one thing that I've come to realize and and it seems like this has been a similar scenario for you is that the unpleasant emotions as bad as they feel are the most abundant in raw material for creative energy Mm -hmm. and obviously the pleasant ones are most abundant in their stabilizing energy and Mm. it seems like you're capacity to love another person has a similar correlation it's like the amount of pain that you've been through the amount of suffering that you've been through it almost because it shows you so much of the other side Mm -hmm. it almost like rubber band flings you back (laughs) into into its opposing side and being able to have the awareness of i know how bad it can get so conversely i also know how good it can be
1: Yeah, and taking the duality out of that, you're able, for me at least, I was able Mm. to realize that even in those sucky places, um, I was always safe, I was always surrounded by love, I was always surrounded by support. Yeah. I just wasn't paying attention to it. And so even in those, uh, and we talked about this earlier, right, of like the, how can you just feel an emotion or sense a thought, sense a thought, (laughs) Mm -hmm. think a thought and sense your emotions without attaching to them and Mm -hmm. just having it ride a wave yeah and when you're able to do that you're able to realize that you're the soul you're not the uh, the body you're not the emotion you're not the thought you're that which is beyond Mm -hmm. and so you can come at and hold it as seasonal instead of oh i am depressed or i am this it's i am experiencing some feelings of depression or i'm having Mm -hmm. these thoughts i am not those thoughts i am not those feelings you're able they're indicators of something but you're able to detach from it and not in that detachment, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're able to free yourself and you're able to, to then go into those emotions and into those thoughts with curiosity with, let me just let it go, like let it mm-hmm. happen and let see what, what comes up from it, even if it's uncomfortable and you transmute or you get over mm-hmm. whatever the thing is so much faster because you face it. And the only way through it is to it. Mm-hmm. So you go into it with the intention of, transmuting with the intention of accepting really not it's a very fine line between trying going to it because i want to change it and i want to get rid of it versus okay this is here let me be here with it and let me sit in the den with this dragon until the dragon decides to leave that's
0: uh that's awesome and it's very analogous to the whole idea of the obstacle is the way Mm -hmm. which is a big concept in stoicism it's like the impediment to action it actually leads to the action that you need to take. In mm-hmm. other words, I, uh, one way that I like to say it is absent the path, this is the path. Mm-hmm. Like whatever happens to be in front of you in the present is what you must face and deal with, and not, not, I not the, avoid.
1: I think the idea of, of, of a path mm-hmm. implies a destination, which is in the future, which is not real. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's real is right now. And, and so... The destination is here. The path is here. Yes. It's all now. And a lot of personal development space, and I would say even some spiritual space, um, projects this goal, mm-hmm. heaven, nirvana, mm-hmm. or being enlightened, yes. or success as something in the future. And you need to go on a path and a journey and a hero's journey and a quest and blah, 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 to go get it. Mm-hmm you're coming from a place of lack already. You, you, I don't have that thing. Now I need to go out and get it. That's extremely disempowering. In alignment with abundance, you mm-hmm. can say, I have that aspect in me now. Mm-hmm. And I have a preference to amplify it. Mm. Because it, it's an example. If somebody's listening to this right now and you're feeling anxious and you want to get rid of your anxiety, that I want to feel peace. That is something in the future because you think you don't have it now. What's an area of your life that gives you peace? Where's a place in your house that gives you peace? How do you know that you're safe when the door is locked, when you're home, when you're in, in your bed, like mm-hmm. when you're smelling that candle? When What is that thing? Create it in the now and then seek to do things to amplify it. But if you come from a place of lack or without, you're still in the delusion of the ego because at a higher understanding of the world it's all everything's love mm-hmm. and that's unity consciousness so the delusions of a, of a black or white or a good or bad or a, a, a lack mm-hmm. is just a delusion and that's what it means to align to abundance right so for example oh i want to open my heart i want to heal this hurt in me we want to be with what is i'm not saying just be delusional with it hmm Sit with it and you also need to know that that willingness to even sit with it is courage and is an open heart. Yes. So you're having an open heart in your closed heartedness. Let's just amplify it. Yes. By sitting in the fire, like I was saying, with that dragon or that uncomfortable emotion Mm -hmm. and love it away, don't fight it away. Yes. Meaning see it, honor it, respect it. What's it trying to teach me? Mm Mm-hmm. Because resistance adds resistance and it'll be more stressful for you That's if right. You try to push it away. And we talked about that earlier.
0: Yeah, it just keeps coming back. <laughs> hey, I'm trying yeah. to tell you something. Stop yep. pushing me away. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's, uh, that's super interesting. Are you a fan at all of Alan Watts? Yeah. So I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, and a lot of what you're talking about is really interesting and correlated with some of the stuff that I've learned listening to some of his lectures. One specifically is the backwards law or the more you want something the less you feel you have it exactly or the more money and power you want the less powerful and less secure you feel or the mm-hmm. more you want to be loved and desired the uglier and unde- uh, more undesirable you feel mm-hmm. and so by having that want you're creating that gap right unnecessarily and in in buddhism right the four noble truths they talk about how the root of all suffering is attachment
2: mm-hmm.
0: and from what I've learned, nirvana loosely translated means to blow out, which is literally like to breathe out in a meditation. So the meditation is symbolically bringing you through that cycle of attachment and un- and unattachment. The attachment is the breathing in, the desire to hold it. And if you try to hold that which you desire, you lose your breath. <laughs> if you don't breathe, you die. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But the blowing out, the letting go is that nirvana experience that letting go, detaching from the outcome, being here in the now. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a lot of what you've learned has been from achieving the destination thing, achieving the destination yeah. thing and going, dude, <laughs> this is not I what mean, I thought you, it was. Dude, <laughs> you
1: know me. I'm a fucking warrior. Yeah, you man. Get shit done. That's one thing I, my friends can count I, on me for. And well, that
0: is for damn sure. <laughs> and I know that about myself. Yes. And I
1: know it's a strength and it's also been a medicine for my soul mm-hmm. in the fact of... There's other ways to operate and be yes and, and that achievement. I learned that earlier on in my life that I got attention when I achieved, so mm-hmm. I got really good at it. yeah, <laughs> thank God. and now I get to season shift.
2: Yes,
0: beautiful. Now we were talking we, we've had many conversations about the masculine and feminine energy and how mm-hmm. they interact with each other. Typically, when you help your, your clients and your students, the people that go to your events or they attend your online courses, what what are they typically coming to you for? What exactly do they come for? And is it the same thing that they end up getting out of it? Hmm. It's one of those yeah. what you came for is not what you came for. is it?
1: Do you ever have that experience? It's all over the place, man. I'm in transition right now. So mm-hmm. I will say I'm going to talk about the past me. Most people would come to me looking to heal a broken heart after a breakup yes, or manifest the right partner mm-hmm. or make it work with their current partner mm. or find self-love. And it's all actually self-love. But the yes. people that are coming to me, okay, what the fuck? I need to love myself and I don't know how. That's where I guide people to. So if there are any of those other things, I mm-hmm. very quickly remind them that those are all mirrors and you need to show up for you. Now, self-love Never really resonated with me, but I use it because of the current climate of the culture and people understand it. You mean the the term self? Gotcha. It's really just respecting yourself and caring more like <laughs> respect yourself and care more. But the uh, overanalyzation of your worthiness or which I think is bullshit. Uh, your being is enough. Okay. You don't need to do anything to be enough. That's based on a, whatever construct, but over anal, over trying to be enough or over analyzing your sense of self love or over doing affirmations or Mm -hmm. over doing some of the inner work. You'll drive yourself fucking crazy. It's not the answer. A lot of times it's respecting yourself and then get out of yourself and get out of your house and get out of your head and fucking experience life, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Now smoke a joint or some shit.
0: Uh, There you go. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this earlier, which is interesting on that concept. An earlier episode from this week, I was actually talking about, this whole idea of trying to get rid of your ego as though your ego is somehow this experience that you're supposed to escape. And the reality is if you're a human being, the ego is your sense of individual experience. It's how we measure individual experience, but it's not the individual experience itself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like most people who are peddling tactics for better self love are basically over invested in the measurement of the individual experience rather than being present
1: in the individual. They're like they're me- yeah they're measuring their life or they're measuring their finances or they're measuring their what these metrics yes as a opposed- and that's still a construct of the mind mm-hmm. versus being in the present moment. And I know being in the moment is where time distorts. You're like whoa that was-
2: like what? yeah
1: <laughs> or it disappears exactly or a moment that feels like forever or when you're just in the flow and we all have different areas where we can go into the present moment and those are important touch points but we don't want to go on what i call a peace retreat which is you always need to go to meditation or you always need to go or you retreat. always need to go do something to get peaceful how do we integrate it how do we live that way and that is through resiliency or anti-fragility really in the nervous system as a lot of my work that I do with clients too, is how do you, as you say, unshakable inner peace, yes. how do you, how do you actually embody that all of the time? Not just when you're in your morning meditation practice.
0: Yes. It takes discipline, it takes training.
1: Of, it takes self, it takes self-awareness. I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Self-awareness to know this is where I'm strong. This is where I'm not. And I'm going to be honest with myself about where I need to maybe engage in more practice always said if there was a one-word answer to any of your life problems, it's practice. Any area where you've been weak <laughs> is just a place that practice hasn't taken place enough mm. for you to feel a sense of competence in that particular area. Now, I'm very curious about something that you said there, a peace retreat, because I've been looking for the words <laughs> to describe the opposite of what I do. <laughs> and that is it, right? There. Can you go into what a peace retreat is yeah. and where it would actually lead somebody.
1: A peace retreat is going on a retreat or going and sitting with plant medicine or which can be peaceful or again, doing a yoga practice or doing a meditation or when you're rolling on the mats or whatever mm-hmm. your zone is, it's, maybe it's art, maybe it's dancing, maybe it's whatever.
0: Just the things that make you feel the good. The things assessment.
1: that make you in the flow or time distorts and mm-hmm. you just have this overwhelming sense that everything's okay or you're happy and there's a sense mm-hmm. of peace. You're not worried. Right, coming from fear, those are important mm-hmm. touch points to do. Yes, to, uh, and I say touch points because it gives your nervous system and ex- and your beingness an experience of a different something different. Mm-hmm. And now you know what that feels like in a felt sensed experience of the now, not a construct in your head. Peace mm-hmm. isn't a mindset. Yes, it's a felt experience. Yes, and so you're able to. Your body is able to um, now tune into that channel, if you will, or orient to that way of being is mm-hmm. what it feels like. So the, the discipline, as you mentioned, or the self-awareness, as I like to say, is to notice when you're not and then without shaming yourself, mm-hmm. shift. So for example, I, I uh, like to help my clients with paying attention to their breath. How are you breathing? Because how you're breathing is a direct correlation to how you're living and loving Mm -hmm. If it's shallow, it says something. If it's forced all the time, that says something. Are you forcing your inhales or are you forcing your exhales? That also says something. Are you holding your breath? That says something. And we want to breathe easy and fully, full and inhale, full and exhale without thinking about it with ease and grace. That's peace. You're in a peaceful state. That's how you're breathing. And so, Your breath is the joystick to your emotions in a lot of ways without diving into the science of your gut and other things, which we can if you want to, but the basics, like let's talk like the outside of the onion shell Mm -hmm. is your pay attention to your breath and notice when you're not breathing and just breathe without shaming yourself, Mm -hmm. not, ah, fuck, here it is again. (laughs) Look (laughs) at me not breathing (laughs) in a cold plunge. No, (laughs) like, oh, I'm not breathing. Mm -hmm. And then then your nervous system vibrates back to that other state and you're able to then approach the stressful situation in a peaceful manner. Mm -hmm. And it takes cognitively disassociating from the outcomes and et cetera, et cetera, to also do that. But when you have now so many touch points of peace retreats Mm -hmm. and then you introduce actual tools and strategies to regulate your own nervous system, you can then start to embody it. And when you also process stuck emotions that are creating these looped energies in your nervous system that Mm -hmm. are creating these loop feelings of anxiety or stress that are creating this loop thoughts that you're trying to get rid of. Yes. um, You're a, when you actually process those emotions and you're in a safe container, you jumble up all the shit in your head and you come at it from a completely different understanding of, what you were shaming yourself for? Of your are now it rewri- rewrites it with love. Mm. That happens in my containers. So I shame myself because I didn't do this thing or I did this thing or duh. And people break down and cry as they're sharing this to me. And because I just love them and I'm not judging it, mm-hmm. because I love myself and I don't judge myself. That's how I can do that, by the way. Yes. And because I've met myself at these places, it frees them. They don't mm-hmm. know what really happened, but. It frees them. It's changing their own views on their past and their own views then on themselves. And they're connected more to the truth. I think Anthony DeMello, who's an Alan Watts type figure, who mm-hmm. is amazing by the way, he says a quote that something along the lines of loneliness. I think it was loneliness mm-hmm. is a separation from reality. It's not that you're lacking friends or connection mm-hmm. to people it's that you're lacking connection with the present moment in reality. Yes. Your relationship with the present yeah. is, absent. Sense, again. it's all be present, non-attachment, self-awareness care more. Yeah, it seems like all these teachers are always pointing in that direction. <laughs> in the we're same. Like, are yeah. like, it must be more complicated
0: than that. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that, that's, that's really interesting. So you blew my mind a little bit with like, basically paying attention to your own breath and what is your breath doing? I've never and heard that I, before. That's
1: awesome. When I say <laughs> that to people, they always <laughs> yeah take, like, take a breath and I'm like, correct hey, themselves. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, that tells me you're trying to control yourself. Yeah. And what's interesting is if anybody listening did that, as I said, you yes. know, paying attention to your breath and you took a deep breath or you shifted it without being aware of what was happening before. Mm. Um, that is – let me offer you a mirror that that's showing you your level of trying to control yourself that you can't control your emotions. So I don't help people control their emotions. I help people feel the full range and the full spectrum of their emotions mm-hmm. so that then they have the freedom to choose. Yes. Yes. It's not a control to choose. It's a, let me go to all the places so that I now can choose because I am my whole beingness. I can feel sad and happy and mad and pissed and grateful and bliss and loved and all of those emotions to their fullest capacity because Mm -hmm. I've gone to those spaces. If you want to feel the the crazy highs, you got to feel the deepest lows.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. That's the human experience.
1: That is the human experience. It's
0: all of those emotions. It's
1: not just the quote unquote good one. And so when you do that, you're free now to, you know, ride a wave, but you're also free to, Oh, I want to orient to this way now. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. you have all the touch points. As I talk right. I kind of got off the track. You asked me about peace retreats.
0: No, no, because th- this makes a lot of sense because I think the reason why somebody goes on a peace retreat or does something that quote unquote makes them feel good, puts them in the flow, it will come back to what's the intention for doing so when you're getting into this. Now, there's a few things I want to unpack there because sure. there's a lot of gems <laughs> that you just dropped here. One in which that I really like and I always like to reiterate this one is that you can't control your emotions. All right. A lot of people try to teach and when you or try sell to, it. when
1: you try to you suffer more.
0: Yes, absolutely. There, there's a Zen riddle or Zen koan as it's called where there's this guy running like he's sprinting down a field on his horse. And this dude is like, Hey man, where are you going? And the guy's like, I don't know, ask the horse. <laughs> and the symbology of that is the rider is the mind, whereas the emotions are the horse. You cannot control the horse, but you can connect with the horse. You can you for can a season until
1: your body's had enough and yeah, it will ish. do its thing. It'll do its thing. Yeah. Yes.
0: But, I, but what I always like to say, and one of the reasons why I obviously made my deviation from Stoicism is that Stoicism, for better or worse, tries to get you. To control your emotions to a degree,, mm. whereas at least the phrasing that I like to use instead of control your emotions is harmonize with your emotions, communicate with your emotions, yeah, be with your emotions yeah it's not they're not you, they're a thing that you experience, they're a wave that you ride, mm-hmm. but it's important to realize that's not you, and you don't need to control that either. Mm-hmm. You can feel it, you can understand it, and you can continue along mm-hmm. so that was the first thing, yeah. The other thing is, and I'm curious your perspective on this. So one of the the delusions that we talk about with Zen Stoic is the delusion of expediency. In other words, I'm going to try and bridge my uncomfortable feeling right now to a comfortable feeling. And I'm going to make a bridge, and this bridge is going to be built by an activity, a substance, a relationship, a thought pattern, a behavior. Anything can be this bridge from I'm not feeling very good to I'm feeling good. So when I think about peace retreats, it's like, what is your intention for doing this thing? Are you feeling down and you want to make yourself feel better? Are you going to try and build that
1: bridge? And there's nothing inherently wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It's in a way a coping strategy. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, there's nothing wrong with going, doing a peace retreat. Yes. Uh, You need that. It's helpful. The same is true with drinking. There's nothing inherently wrong with it, right? Especially if you just want to let loose. Same thing with smoking, or doing ceremonies, or doing breath work, or cold plunges, or biohacking, or reading a book, or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's something that you want to be aware of. Is this the only strategy that I have? Is this the only bridge that I have to this emotion? Mm. Ooh, then you're not really free.
2: Yes, because if you only have if
1: you only have one bridge to that emotion, to that thing, then anytime you want to feel it, you're gonna need more of that drug mm-hmm. or more of that thing to get there. And that'll be you running from you now because you're still not facing the emotion. Yes. Um then maybe you have two. Maybe you have two different outlets. You're still not free. Mm-hmm. That is still in duality. You're this one or that one? Yes. If you have three or more, you have you're closer to freedom because you have the ability to now choose. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I give a lot of my clients there are those real tools of things that you can do with your body when you get triggered mm-hmm. to regulate and then face it. Yes versus let the trigger control you and not and re- react to life versus respond to it. But down the road, mm-hmm. we just get rid of the trigger. Yes. Where something happens that used to trigger you, and you just witness it and go, "Huh, isn't that interesting?" <laughs> and you, it doesn't even phase you. Your body, mm-hmm. not your mind, not just your mind, but your body doesn't do anything. Yes, when something happens and you see it, and you just approach it with curiosity versus, "Oh, that a okay, we'll see what happens." Yeah, it doesn't and add how, emotional charge, and that's how I approach things now too is with a level of curiosity to it all. Oh, this will be fun. How's it, how's this going to pan out? And I think it's because I've been to those spots where I I didn't see a way out and there was always been a way out, whether that's me making a way or miracles coming into my life or Mm -hmm. whatever. I've always found a way because there's always been a way. Yes. And it's uh, just got to be curious about it. You got to be curious about it and just realizing, man, that it's all a game. It's all fun. Like this, Societal life that we're living in of business or performance or social life and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and all the number games and it's all, it's just a game. Mm-hmm. And if you see it as that, and that you being alive right now mm-hmm. means you're winning. Yes. Game over, dude. You won. Mm-hmm. So, so now here. you come from that place of wholeness. Mm-hmm. I, I already won. So you're not trying to win. Mm hmm. Now you can play the game, the infinite game, as Simon Sinek likes to talk about. Yes, and you can just play to play. It's if you went to a poker match and you're trying to you're trying to win money because you need it, Mm -hmm. versus you have a bajillion dollars in the bank account and you just love playing poker. Yes, it's totally different. It's a totally different experience, and. You can live life like that. And I think a lot of people don't realize it because we're so attached to the constructs or the matrix, if you will, of society. And Mm -hmm. one, the one, one of the big things that woke me up from that, if anybody wants to take me up on this is I, I spent three hours by myself, turned my phone off, got a journal and a pen and went to a graveyard Mm. and walked around. Mm. And I could almost, I just sobbed because I could almost hear the regrets of people, and then I also got to see the full lives of some people. Mm-hmm. Of I was like, mother, and I was like, I guarantee you she had she lived that life to her fullest. Mm-hmm. And then regrets of other people, and I could just almost sense it—the energy in the, in there. And I was just like, man, they would do anything to come be, be back. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah, to be here, to be right here, right now. And how many of them were trying to get somewhere mm-hmm. that wasn't right here right now yeah and it led them literally to the grave and i that snapped me out of my bullshit man in my head and it fucked with me in a good way yes i got really present and then that's when i really started waking up just feeling so grateful every morning you remember how much this is a gift it's a gift because we live life like we're gonna be eternal and we're not yeah a temporary experience. And I think there's, what movie was that? Where there's like the God's envious because we are mortal. We care. It, it, it was, what movie is that? It was saying how the God's envious because we're mortal and we love and we care so much and they can't because everything's eternal to them. That's right. And everything is not for us. And so we, that's why we have that sense of care yes. to it all because it's precious because it's going to go away. Yeah. We experience free will through limitations
0: and consequences. Mm-hmm. And without it, everything would just feel the same. Yeah, And yeah. you would, be in, in essence, be in that eternal existence, which, yeah, that's... It's almost like the human experience is so you get to experience free will. Mm-hmm. So you get to experience...
1: You get to experience... Cherishing things and you, people. You get to experience all of it. Yes. The suffering, the beauty, the free will, the confusion, <laughs> the... Yes. I think I saw a meme the other day. I think I'm going to pull it up on my phone. It was something like, <laughs> when you... When you come to terms or when you're at peace with what was it? Hold on. When you fully embrace the chaos of being and it's the fire <laughs> That Elmo in fire is one of the best images on the internet for sure. <laughs> Go to Google right now and fire Elmo. Yes. yes. And you'll see what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. There's there's nothing better <laughs> than that. <laughs>
0: but, but there's something really interesting from when I was saying that there was a lot of gems to be unpacked. And mm-hmm. there's one that, that you had said is that when people are coming to you, And you tell them about their breathing and they start changing it and maybe they're judging themselves, maybe they're beating themselves up and you just, you love them. Mm -hmm. Just unconditional, positive regard. You love them for who they are. What's really interesting about that and the reason why, at least from my perspective, why that changes people's perception of themselves is because it's so rare for a person to feel heard and understood. Mm -hmm. These days, that experience changes their image of themselves. But it also causes us being the ones facilitating that hearing and understanding a person causes us to see ourselves in a different light because we stop obsessing about the measurement of our individual experience and we start to be with that person, be present. And Alan Watts, he talked about how he was having a conversation with Carl Jung. And Carl Jung is obviously like a legend as <laughs> and he said the thing about Carl Jung that made him so effective was that when you're talking to him, you can see this twinkle in his eye that no matter how experienced and proficient he is, he knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was somewhat of a rascal and that that was never going away. And he accepted that in himself so he could accept it in other people. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's. I think you're right. I don't think a lot of people, and this is why the work that I do, and I know this, and it's just subconscious thing. It happens, the byproduct of me showing up. Mm-hmm. It's not anything I need to try and do. Yes. is There's so many people that are starving for that unconditional space holding, like where they can truly just be heard and seen. Mm-hmm. And to let it out, I can't tell you how many people have told me they've broken down and cried in front of me and it's like the first time that in, in, in decades mm-hmm. that they've cried in front of somebody. Yeah. And I'm over here like, what <laughs> like, like I, <laughs> I cry in front of people. that <laughs> something that I'm still sitting Again, it's just like that. I'm like, okay, that's cool to know. But mm-hmm. I, I, for everybody out there, that's ooh, how, if, especially if you're a coach, like, how do I do that? Uh, dude care more. Like I, it's not a strategy. And I think that's why you're looking that for, happens. you're looking for a method. You're, and that's exactly. the issue. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, I'm Kevin fucking Crenshaw and I love, and I love myself and I love God and I love you. So fucking deal with it. <laughs> and then in that like, sound, oh my God, excellent soundbite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: yeah. In that, you know, your, your bullshit gets fucked with. Yes. And you're able to heal. And healing is just a return to love. It's a deeper sense of connection to God and yourself. And I say God, by the way, I don't necessarily mean the religious construct, but I think people people on this podcast will understand what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, they most certainly will. I'm curious about something. In the realm of relationships, Mm -hmm. what I've noticed, I, I know for sure I've definitely experienced this. I've seen many people experience it. But there is this difference between... When somebody expresses themselves sincerely and when they express themselves to, obviously, like somebody they're attracted to with an intention, some kind of performative energy about them. Where I'm sure you've had many people come to you with that. Where does that start with somebody and how do they typically get over something like that?
1: So, what's interesting about that behavior is that it's Matt, the person doesn't think that's why they're doing it.
0: They don't think that's why
1: they're doing it. Maybe not consciously. Mm -hmm. So they're performing without realizing it. They think they're just loving you Mm. hard. They're a hard lover, a big lover. Like I I love bombing you. It's just, I'm so full of love and oh my God, you're the best thing ever. And we're just like in love. Mm -hmm. So I I just love you. Oh my God. Oh my God. and, And they obsess and they give and over whatever. And I know this because I've done it myself. So Mm -hmm. I'm speaking from my personal experience and also my coaching experience, having mentored hundreds of thousands of people at this point, probably Mm -hmm. haven't counted, but it's probably somewhere in that range.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: On these topics and they can't see it. So they think that you're just over loving. Yes. And then it's there. And then comes the memes and all the stuff on Instagram. That's like sad, mopey hoopy pants of, I loved you so much. How could you leave me? I like, did everything. I did ev- Exactly. <laughs> and the original, what you mentioned about trying to get over this, it starts from a place of childhood mm-hmm. in, in childhood, in your infancy, even it could be before you even learned to talk. You learned that you needed to be something or do something, act in a certain way in order to get attention or love. Yes. And you go, Oh, if I make people laugh, I'm, I'm going to get attention. Oh, if I get hurt, I'm going to get attention. Oh, if I perform, if I, if I walk, People Mm -hmm. pay attention to me. Yeah. And so we learn these levers of behavior and that's the only card in your deck that you can play. And so you, you, when you don't feel you're getting attention, you play those cards Mm -hmm. again. If then you're not really free, as we talked about earlier, right? The one path, one bridge, but healing it all Mm -hmm. is returning to yourself. So, I've, try, I've, I've been trying to dance around the word, but I'm going to say it. It's essentially codependency is what you're talking about. It's a chronic neglect of yourself where you're mm. giving to other people and you're worried so much about what other people think of you and you're loving so that people don't leave you so they love you back or whatever. And it takes a lot of self-awareness and somebody with a lot of courage to swallow that hard pill to really go, oh, I'm at fault here. It's yes. not the other people. And it's not just the other people, I should say. And uh, then you're able to take extreme ownership and actually change the situation versus wallowing your victim story of the, everybody else is bad and mm-hmm. I'm good. Why can't anybody? Yes. That's me back. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very plausible thing. Everyone's crazy but you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So you're able to see your own faults and you're able to see your own areas of opportunity to grow and mm-hmm. In that, how you heal it, how you let go of it is in loving the sides of you that you run from, that you shame, that you don't know that you're running from or shaming, that you're uh, unwilling to look at or deal with or process. And how you can know if you're uncomfortable with your breathing. (laughs) What topics of conversation is it mom? Is it dad? Is it exes? Is it business? Is it finances? Is it yourself is it your body is it your mind is it your spirit is it existential questions of the universe is it the planet is it the the current climate of the world what are those things and how does your breathing change Hmm. what emotion is there for you of a sense of non-acceptance again you can have preference for change yes but if, if let's speak internally and emotionally for a second, nothing mm-hmm. can change until you accept what is first. That's right. This is where the quote unquote loving it away, which I used to say a lot. It's really loving it period, but you <laughs> love it and then something changes. Mm-hmm. But if you try to change it and control it, it just gets stronger. Yes,
0: that's absolutely true.
1: There's a, um, and when it comes to matters of the heart, I think a lot of people think they have an open heart. A lot of people think they're super caring and you have to have that level of self-awareness, man. Cause I, and I'm speaking only from my own experience. Okay. Let me just say that. I thought that I was super caring and I was super loving and I was gave so much of myself in it. I was, I was loved by so many people. but Dude, my world was a nightmare. Like I worked out and it was just, I, it looked like discipline, but I was self-punishment. Mm-hmm. I was beating myself up because I hated this guy.
0: Yes, that's a really, first of all, a difficult thing to become self-aware of. <laughs> but secondly, very profound. And I've, I know I've been in that space before where I thought I'm so loving, I have such a big heart, but I was just performing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then when I do things for self-discipline, it was similar to what you're saying. It was just self-punishment for not performing well enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I noticed that when you stop performing or when you, get to that place where you don't need to perform anymore the whole question of am i enough ceases to
1: be <laughs> an, even a question for exactly you. <laughs> you're not worried it's about not your a worthiness. question in your mind at all you're not worried about your worthiness you're just willing yeah and you'll go and do and you'll serve and you'll help and you'll also then help yourself that's right <laughs> you won't work <laughs> femininity cup or try to
0: i noticed something about you that i think is really interesting and it's your ability to remain curious in all these situations. And typically on the other side of that, when we're so invested in controlling things, we come from this place of expectation. We speak in definitive statements instead of <laughs> questions.
1: <laughs> like Absolute certainty.
0: When did you, cause you were saying before how you used to use a lot of control. That was mm-hmm. like the thing that you were mm-hmm. just trying to control I your did, reality. I what, did, yeah. what shifted that mm. to curiosity?
1: I didn't have a lot of certainty in my life, Mm -hmm. so I made it with control. I made it based on an illusion of control. Yes. And I controlled what I could. My nutrition, when I sleep, when Mm -hmm. I wake up, when I work out, how many reps I do, all things. I think it changed for me to curiosity when I really started to humble myself. My near death, probably. I'm a different person since then. Mm -hmm. And I'll give the quick story. Codependent. Or I went from that. Or I went from that like crazy manic control to codependency, which is a, again a form of control. To traveling around, figuring out what I wanted to do. To now crushing it. Like I found my purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I it was the heart guy launched my true love accelerator program was taken off. I manifested my dream apartment in Santa Monica overlooking mm-hmm. the pier on Ocean Avenue. It was fucking. I was like living it. I mm. went from okay, this is my dream reality right now. Yes. To I did a tour that you spoke at. guests spoke yeah, at. Yeah, that, that was a good time. Back to back. Unlock cities. love, baby. Yep, yep. <laughs> Dallas, LA, Toronto, Miami. Back to back weekends. Full day immersion of aligning to love, essentially, and healing some stuff. And mm. uh, it was powerful, man. But I was neglecting myself still, and I racked up one hundred and ten thousand dollars in debt. I had. Ev- I came back from that tour to an eviction notice on my door for seven thousand dollars, or quit in three days. My business coach was threatening to sue me because I was late on a payment, and I had a fall. Out with a friend because I was also late on some money That I borrowed and I just went to the beach and Cracked man I cried my Eyes out in in the beach and I Was just like what the fuck's going on Mm -hmm. And what I what got Me through that season Mm -hmm. Was aligning To my own integrity I said all right We're here I Accepted it yes it Sucks (laughs) And I am the problem and the Solution to everything in my life Yes God's already working for me. I just got to show up and I've been not showing up in my finances and Mm -hmm. I've been overstepping and overextending in a lot of areas of my life. (laughs) All right. You told these people you were going to pay them. Let's fucking go. And I made the hundred thousand dollars in like three months and in uh, over (laughs) caffeinating myself and over like. Over a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. I wasn't sleeping. I was barely eating. It was a mess, man. Like I I lost weight. People were concerned for my health, but I fucking did it because of my integrity. It's a value of mine, man. Mm -hmm. Like my biggest flex is I do what I say I'm going to do. That's right. And so I was out of integrity in that way and I needed to Mm -hmm. make up for it. And after that, I had a San Pedro ceremony. This was like my eighth ceremony, by the way. But I had way too much and almost overdosed and died. I was like high for three days, and then I was psychotic for a month afterwards, wrestling with reality and intrusive thoughts and delusions, and mm-hmm. disconnected from everything. And I came from the world of the absolute certainty stuff. I embodied it when I was doing group fitness. I embodied mm-hmm. it in my work. It is true; people follow that sense of certainty. They do. And I, what I discovered is that there's a deeper level of certainty that doesn't rah-rah. It's mm-hmm. just a very calm, peaceful, grounded presence and a knowingness of certainty. That's right. That is the likeness of the heart versus the mind or the ego. The heart whispers. So this confidence whispers and only those who are attuned to it can actually hear it mm-hmm. and who, who are ready for it can actually see it. Yes. And that was my dragon's den, dragon's layer going back in of embodying that. Yes. Where I really did the work on myself of cognitively. I'm at peace. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I letting go of control, letting go of my attachments, love respecting, loving myself more, but then also working with my nervous system and healing my physical body. And that's where the embodiment practice started coming back into the work that I do of the breath stuff, the body, paying attention to the body and the 11 systems of the body harmonizing them all because that operates your human experience. And then I I think also going down the rabbit hole of consciousness and with a little bit of the cognitive stuff of the only thing that we can know for certain is that I, I am experiencing. Yes. So anything else then is just an an inkling and an assumption and we can make good, we can make good statements, but that's the thing though. It's interesting because the people that gravitate to that absolute certainty, mm-hmm. confidence, energy, and it's not to say that I don't embody that still. This is a different setting, right? right? It's if, a, when I'm working out, it's I'm a tool. in that fucking energy. <laughs> yeah, it's a
0: tool that you can use. You just I, I you know do, when to use it.
1: Exactly. And people are people's nervous systems, okay, let me say that, are attuned to to confidence when they are in distress or dysregulation. They're looking for a sense of certainty that they're safe. Mm. So when somebody has confidence and gives, this is the answer, period, it catches your eye because your brain's already scanning for what's safe or what's not. Mm -hmm. So it's, oh, there's a truth and it's black and white. Let me go there so I can stay safe.
0: That person's certain. Yeah. They must be safe.
1: Yes. And when you understand the science of safety and polyvagal theory and all that other thing, You'll see the stupidity of a lot of stuff on Instagram, absolute statements that <laughs> are half truths or partial truths, but people eat up and love and reshare and all the things. And I think it's doing more harm than good because it's furthering it. And that's just my own personal you know, thing, but it's causing more of a divide in this non-unity, this duality. When you're casting a net to catch water. with those absolute statements and so now I'm just I'm not worried about what if somebody's going to like what I have to say I'm also not worried if somebody agrees with what I say if it gets shared or liked by one person or liked by 1000 or 1 million people I'm sharing so that people can learn more about themselves and if you can learn something about yourself because of the mirror that I am in your experience I'm happy and if you don't I'm also happy because that subconsciously is going to tell you something about your experience and it may not hit you until 10 years from now. That's so right. <laughs> I, I trust in the inevitability of the universe, but yeah, that's, yeah.
0: That's, that's very interesting. And, and what, what's cool about that is that it's coming from a place of sincerity. It's not, are these people going to like it? Are they not? Are they going to agree with it? I feel like expressing this, so I'm going to express it which is really cool because i think that's the that's basically zen style of action it basically mm. takes action without having to keep an eye on itself yeah and one thing around the the whole idea of curiosity that's really yeah. interesting is that zen doesn't derive its wisdom from making these definitive statements mm. of wisdom but rather asking questions mm. that make you think and induce doubt about everything that you are certain about so that right. you can expand your awareness yep. and cre- curiosity.
1: Yep. The only thing that I'm certain about is that I am experiencing this present moment and what's true for me in that. Everything else a lot of times is a construct or a belief of somebody or something or a memory of. So I can say, oh yeah, like Victor, I know you from, we've known each other for years, and da, 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 when I think of you, I'm thinking of those past experiences, and s- that can taint our relationship in the present. Mm. Because I'm not, if I just follow that, and my idea of who I think that you are, I'm not being right here with you right now. Yes. Which is what we talked about earlier, of that, presence and that uh, non-judgment. Mm-hmm. Who is Victor right now today? Not my idea of who he is. And we do this, and I see this a lot with partners, like intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. You, know, you get to know somebody and you're hanging out with them all the time and talking with them all the time. But who are they right now? And you only can really get there and see that in another person when you do it with yourself. Who am I today? You wake yes. up and go, what am I feeling right now?
0: That's interesting because it seems like many people are in relationships with their abstraction of another person. Rather yeah, than the you person get you're, you're wearing
1: a mask, and then somebody else is wearing a mask because you want them to like you. And then you get into a relationship and somebody gets comfortable and they take their mask off. The other person freaks out like, who the fuck is this? I didn't sign up for this shit. (laughs) But you had a masked wedding and a masked Instagram relationship Mm. and a masked sexual experience with a person. And then all of a sudden, their realness starts to show up because you're loving them. They took their mask off. That's why it's important to open your heart or Mm. enter into a relationship. It's not to say that still can't work out. There's no, Especially with love and relationships, man. (laughs) There's no rules. There's it, it, there's always exceptions. Yes. But everybody wants to be the exception. So it's not to say that it can't work out. It's just a lot of times you really want to be there in yourself before you get into an experience.
0: So if somebody is wearing a mask and they want to take it off. Well, first they partner, have to be aware that they're take, they have one on.
1: And right. If a, they become aware. A lot aware. of
0: people don't. If they become aware that they're wearing a mask and they want to take it off in front of their partner can for I, the first Can time. I
1: talk about the... the being aware of the mask first yes yeah because you're like oh yeah i've got an open heart i'm great Um, (laughs) how do you feel right before you go to sleep at night Hmm. and is that in alignment with the rest of your life and how you live the rest of your life shit that's a good question if there's a disconnection there Mm -hmm. you're wearing a mask And we all do this. I do this from time to time. I'm not exempt from this shit. I'm not Mm -hmm. enlightened. So, that's a good indicator, though. Oh, wow. I put on my mask today. Fuck. All right. Why did I do that? Not shame that, but uh, interesting. What was I trying to get? What Mm -hmm. illusion was I under that I needed to be something else? What did I not like about myself that I needed to mask or to show? Or how would I think somebody would judge me or, or? Am I judging myself? What part of me was I shunning away from? Did -hmm. I want to just have fun today and I needed to show up and be this somebody that I thought I needed to be to perform? Was I feeling super tender and brokenhearted almost and I wanted to show up in this? What is really there? Mm -hmm. So now that you're aware that you might be wearing a mask, taking it off is in doing the peace retreat. So it's doing it yourself with yourself yourself. Mirror work is a big part of my work. So it's literally having a conversation with yourself. Eye contact in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Speaking from your soul to your ego. Hmm. <laughs> having a dialogue between the two. It's powerful work. And. Hmm, you can also. Your now self to your past self. Or your now self to your future self. You can do a lot of that mirror work. Your now self to your now self. <laughs> but. It's doing that. And taking it off. And then. This is where discernment is huge. Show up without it, your mask on to other people who have the capacity to not judge you. And they're rare. Mm-hmm. Cause when you take your mask off and then you show up and somebody judges that version of you, you'll put it right back on. Cause you're like, fuck, I'm not safe. Oh God. No, I can't. I am not gonna do that again.
2: Yeah. That, so, that's what
1: happened in my last relationship. It was exactly that. I took it off. I was like, uh Oh, I can't take this off. Put it back on. So it's in taking it off and living with it off. And again, the external validation is usually demonized, but sometimes it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Get that validation from the right people. Give somebody you could trust somebody that you look up to in that area of your like them being authentic. Mm -hmm. They usually don't have a mask on. So showing up in their space more, you'll be like, okay, yes, Um, you're helping me to be myself. Because I took my mask off and you didn't judge me. And then Mm. you can go to other people who judge you for it and you'll be like, fuck you, dude. I don't give a shit. Like you'll Because you had that touch point. Mm -hmm. That's why touch points are helpful.
0: Yes. In the work that I do. Can you expand a little bit on the difference between healthy external validation and unhealthy external validation? The most people demonize it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's the intention and the quantity.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: So are you living your life based on the definition of what other people are thinking of you? Like you're, oh, like you see, good, you see me 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 good, I'm happy, see, I'm good, yeah, I'm good. Or you're getting that external validation so that you can validate yourself, which again is quantity. I think quantity more so than the intention because again, if you're, when I was coming out of my psychosis, man, I mm-hmm. called on my friends hard. I was like, I don't know who I am, like you mm-hmm. need to fucking remind me of my fucking strength, dude. Mm-hmm. And, uh, sorry. It's okay, man. So many people fucking came to help me in that man. Mm-hmm. I just <sighs> cracked and lost that. I had to lose myself to find myself, that type of thing. And I star I was just blind to the mm-hmm. impact that I was having on people to how much magic was in my life, how much love was in my life mm-hmm. because I was in such a dark spot. And so climbing out of that was getting that, time with those friends the mentors that i had in my life at that time didn't Mm -hmm. they were in it for the money yeah and you learned real quick i learned that real fast and they were in it with exterior motives and so i really just had to call upon friends and thank god for those people in my life man because Mm -hmm. it helped me to to get back on my feet yes and that Was also the first time in my life I asked for help and I stopped trying to do everything on my own. And now that I realize the stupidity of trying to do life on your own, I asked for help all the (laughs) time. I asked for help all the time. I'm like, hey. Hey, man. (laughs) We all need each other, dude. So true, man. Yeah. Humans were were made for each other, man. No, when I did that graveyard walk, there there wasn't a single grave that had a trophy. This guy did it by himself. (laughs) (laughs) None of them said that. (laughs) None of them said that. So, what the fuck are we doing?
0: That's a. That's a great way of, uh, of saying it, is like, and it. And it aligns very much with all these philosophies that are basically like human beings are made for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, Marcus Aurelius well, would say it all the time. We, that's how we survived as a species. Yeah. We're not the fastest, the strongest, or the biggest, but we do know how to cooperate, how to love each other. And we know how to work together to solve a problem.
1: And in this culture of hyper-independence, it's a trauma response. It's let me, I, I, I got me because nobody else, I can't trust anybody else. Sadly, that's been real. A real reality for people. Yes. And the next layer of your evolution now is interdependence. Mm-hmm. And ha- how can I hold me and still ask to be held or still ask for help or support? How can I show up going, I got me, but fuck, this is hard. Mm-hmm. Can you just hold space? Or I need some help. Can you help me figure this out? Because I can't see what I can't see and I value your opinion or because I've been doing this in isolation and I just need to be witnessed right now or I need to be held right now mm-hmm. that's the the non-dualistic approach mm-hmm. rather than it's got to be me exactly I got to solve it. and that's coming from a place of control that I am going to be the one to figure this out well, get the fuck over yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic the universe is going to work you dude. Like, get the fuck over yourself oh, you before think, the universe is like, oh, you yeah. thinking about yourself? All right, cool. Let's amplify that. <laughs> uh, just speaking from experience is a
0: dangerous
1: path to go down. Yeah, that, that is, that's definitely true. <laughs> yeah. What was it that I, we had a session yesterday. Yeah. I'd said something, I'm going to pull it up that you said gave you chills too. us. Yeah, I remember. It's not in my control, but it's working for me because of me through me. And with me it's not in my control and it can't be controlled yet it's working with me that it i think is the universe god
0: Mm -hmm. the ineffable Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah man that was profound because that's a message that came from the heart yeah straight from it yep (laughs) yep (laughs) so before we wrap up kevin I usually ask this question in a different variation with all yeah. my guests. But if you were to, in essence, lose everything that you've built up till now, but you could stay with one principle that would help you find yourself again.
1: You mean lose everything as in third dimensional lose? or Third dimensional lose. Oh, Material that's something I'm familiar with. Right. resources. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see how it's going to happen this time. <laughs> bring it.
0: Let's throw in another caveat for you because you've definitely had this <laughs> experience.
2: <address. laughs>
0: what if you you also lost all your knowledge except for one principle that okay. would help you bring it all back kind of thing. Ooh,
1: juicy. I, I'm joking around. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't want to go through that experience <laughs> again, but it is something that is extremely familiar to me. Everything that I've tried to hold has mm-hmm. left. Yes. Everything that I've attached to has fallen. And that's taught me my center. Mm-hmm. You know, my body, my money, my business, my relationships, my friendships. Yes, a lot of things. Self awareness. Self awareness. Self awareness would get me back. That insane curiosity of self. That's how I got to where I'm at now. Yeah. And that gave me the hope, that gave me the grace, that gave me the faith, that gave me the connection to God, that gave me the respect for myself, that gave me my center, that gave me my breath, that gave me my joy, that gave me my love, that gave me my sense of caring.
0: Kevin, thank you so much for being on the Zen Stoic Path. Where can the listeners find you if they're interested in exploring your work?
1: The Heart Guy on Instagram, heartguy.com. I also want to say, if for those of you who want to go into the lion's den, or the dragon's den, whichever one you want to say, is you want to do some of the work that we've been talking about. Yes. Dark72.com. It's a 72-hour water fast, dopamine fast, and shadow work journey. It's free. And um, I did that in my life when I really started coming out of my psychosis and other mm-hmm. things. Thousands of people have done this challenge, and people have gotten tattoos. People have changed... Locations, jobs, relationships. It's profound what happens in these three days. Do yourself a favor. Go to dark 72.com and to partake in that. If you are looking for a challenge to integrate a lot of what I've been talking about. Excellent.
0: Dark 72.com. Go check it out guys. Thank you so much, bro.
2: Thank you.